Hello, it's Friday, September 15th. I'm Jacob Jarvis, feeling as confused to be here as an alien being shoved in front of a group of Mexican politicians. Our usual host, Miranda Sawyer, is ill, so here I am to try and fill her very trendy shoes. Welcome back to Papercuts, the newspaper review where we run naked through Fleet Street, causing chaos, amusement, and hopefully not too much disgust as we go. We're out every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, so subscribe on your favourite podcast app and you'll never miss an episode. Here are the headlines for today's show. Plane wrong, rogue Russian pilot tried to shoot down RAF jet. A kick in the balls, Ed and George's podcast bromance melts our hearts. And I want to believe, alien search cranks up with NASA in on the act. Welcome to Papercuts, where we read the papers so you don't have to. I'm Jacob Jarvis, and here to hike through the newsprint mountain with me, it's columnist Marie LeConte. Hello, Marie. Hello. Also with us, we have comedian and actor Fergus Craig. Hi, Fergus. Oh, hi. So, what have we got on the headlines front today? Marie, coming to you first. Um, it's not actually been a thrilling news day. Um, so, in the Times, we've got... Don't tell the... people that. It's a really thrilling news it day. Is, it is listening. the best day. Yeah, you know, yeah. we cried and laughed and, you know, and <laughs> hugged as we read the papers this morning. Um, so, the Times leads with, A&E delays put patients in danger, says doctor, which is a kind of like nice beginning to, I think, the, the NHS winter crisis, which starts earlier every yeah. year. Um, then the eye is actually quite similar. So uh, going with NHS waiting list set to grow as PM blames doctor for missing pledge. Okay. Um, so a bit of a yeah, blame game going on. Um, so just do not get ill, I think, is the, the general message here. And then actually so quite fun and quite a serious story, I believe we'll come back to later. The Daily Star uh, goes with seconds away from World War Three. So what are they talking about? Keep listening to find out. <laughs> Fergus, what about you? Uh, I've got The Guardian. Uh, Starmer criticised by left and right over plan to end small boats crisis. And uh, HS2 at risk of fresh cuts amid budget squeeze. There's also a picture of Paul Dano. It says on uh, there's an interview with Paul Dano in The Guardian on money, fatherhood and exploring his dark side. I thought... I thought Paul Dano was 100% dark yeah, side. His whole thing was dark side, yeah, completely. Nick Cave explores his dark side. Uh, the, the Daily Mirror has the final betrayal, and that is also about uh, the Tories' £106 billion HS2 shambles. Basically, there's speculation now that they're not going to do the leg to Manchester. Surely HS Boo would have been better, something like that. Maybe. <laughs> Fine. I'm just not ready to commit to that being better yet. Perhaps the most shocking story of today is that of a near miss. A Russian pilot reportedly tried to shoot down an RAF spy plane, which would have landed us all in deep trouble had they succeeded. Marie, the star has had a rare, serious story day with this. What are they saying about this? Um, yes, well, I mean, you know, they still, again, headline with seconds away from World War Three, which is slightly intense. Um, but yes, I mean, the story is the fact that, yeah, a rogue Russian pilot fired two missiles at an RAF jet, which could have sparked World War Three. Luckily, the hapless flyer was more goose than maverick. Yeah, it's an excuse to get lots of Top Gun references in there, isn't it? They've gone for flop gun. Uh, they have, which is a great headline. We so, like that. First, the eye and the times are a little bit more sensible of it. So what actually happened here and when? What's going on? It's all just a big misunderstanding. I mean, we could all be dead now, but it's just a big misunderstanding. Apparently, a Russian fighter jet tried to shoot down a British spy plane over the Black Sea, all because the pilot misunderstood the instruction, you have the target. Which, again, I'd misunderstand that. 
But I'm yeah, siding with the pilot here. It's difficult, isn't it? It's like with my girlfriend, when I thought she said that I was okay to eat the last of the yogurt, apparently what she said was, I wasn't okay to, to eat the last <laughs> of the yogurt. Um, but no, this one could have caused World War Three. It is scary, isn't it, that, that something like that could happen at any moment. There are always people flying around with nuclear weapons or whatever. Yeah. And if someone makes a mistake, then we're all dead. <laughs> you mentioned your sort of relationship with your girlfriend there. Should we be sending self-help books to our enemies then to try and make the world a little bit safer? This is just a communications issue. If we all knew how to talk to each other a little bit more. If we could all just get along. Um, <laughs> listen, man, why don't we all just sit around? <laughs> <laughs> it's too early for this. <laughs> yeah. Does it feel inevitable, though, Marie, then, that the world is just going to end one day because someone completely fucked up? I mean, yes, but I, I, this is probably a weird take to have, but I find it oddly comforting. I quite like it as the hubris of man, the fact that we'll all die because of something stupid happening, like, and the fact that we built all these civilizations and lived and created so much and then it all ends because someone did something really fucking dumb. Uh, I weirdly quite like. Um, yeah, g good morning to you all. Good afternoon if you're listening <laughs> in the afternoon. Um, but yeah, that, that's just the nature of the human race. <laughs> Don't forget to like and subscribe. <laughs> Headlines can slam, they can blast, and they can declare absolutely anything unprecedented. They can also be bitterly disappointing, as is the case for this headline in The Sun, about a prankster digging a hole and placing a rock inside to look like a meteor crash and fool some boffins. The headline, Meteor Site Was Hole Dug by Prankster. Very dull. We know you can do better. Send us your fixes on Twitter and threads with the hashtag FixTheHeadline, and you could win an exclusive Papercuts t-shirt and a shout-out on the show. Don't despair, though. There are still good headlines to be found in today's papers. What have we got then, Marie? What are your, your funny headline offerings? Um, so the Daily Star uh, has a piece saying that apparently, so which I really enjoy, so it's about caviar and the fact that Gen Z apparently are enjoying caviar. But um, the Star felt the need to specify posh caviar. And it's like, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah, as, as opposed to working class It's like when someone caviar. sadly dies, isn't well, it? No, exactly. Of course, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, and they went for actually the quite catchy posh nosh price kosh. Okay. I mean, so what, is caviar the new avocado, we've been told? Uh, apparently, yes. Taste of luxury. So there's also bluefin tuna, iberico ham, uh, and wagyu beef. Nice. Um, and also in the star, we've got, which I, I think it's fine, but it's not been an amazing day for great headlines, but um, we've got a story about how uh, the BBC talent spotter said that young David Bowie was not really a thing. Um, and they went with, not a star man. Okay. Which, yeah, you know, it, it is what it is. It is what it is. Yeah, it's also a story from over 50 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Fergus, what's your, your one? This is such a classic tabloid story. Someone's found uh, Lewis Capaldi's face in uh, their chip wrapping paper. The grease has got his face. And it does look a lot like him. Also, <laughs> also I mean, looks they just a, haven't, have they? It also looks a little bit like it's been photoshopped. Um, but the headline is uh, Lewis Chipaldi. Very good. Nice. Uh, also, Jaden Sancho has been banned from uh, Manchester United, apparently, so Jaden Bancho. Fine, it's fine. It's been a lean day, but let's, let's end strong. The Daily Mirror has a piece about some great big collection of football shirts, and uh, the headline is 30 Years of Shirt. 
It's sort of like <laughs> gloriously rubbish. <laughs> so apparently, though, this is the, the serious angle here. It's, this is a player who's got a load of shirts themselves and they're selling it because maybe, I don't know, they're bitter. They hate these players now. People want to try and work out who this player is that an has unnamed, this treasure trove. Yeah, an unnamed England star. Who that unnamed pl- player is, I don't know. My uncle says that uh, Peter Shilton goes to his local pub and if you want to talk to him about football, you have to buy him a bottle of red wine. (laughs) (laughs) Aliens are out there, probably. NASA is cranking up its research into UFOs and boffins at the agency haven't ruled out finding life in outer space. As well as that, fossils of aliens are being slung in the face of politicians in Mexico. Definitely fossils and not papier mache models. It would, uh, I don't know, Marie, I don't know what's happening here. Why is everyone so obsessed with aliens right now? And what seems to be the thread? I feel like aliens are having a moment. Yeah. That, that was in my two big trends for 2023, are aliens and the Caesar salad, which is definitely back. You know, the <laughs> two big things we've seen everywhere. Um, subscribe to my trend column. Aliens uh, eating Caesar salad next <laughs> is the, the combo. Um, then it's a, yeah, the, the star splashed on it yesterday and then they've got, uh, did a big story today. Well, it, it's a mix, I think, and as, as always with alien stuff, I think it's a mix of the good and the maybe less convincing. Yeah. So that on the less convincing end, we've got, you know, they're they allegedly fossilised body of a... Of two, sorry, 1,000-year-old non-humans were unveiled in Mexico. They look exactly like E.T. Mm. Like it just, I could not, like, if you've not seen pictures and you're listening at home, I just could not overemphasize the extent to which they just look like E.T. Um, so, yes, yeah, so not, not entirely convincing. But then there was also quite an interesting story from NASA uh, in the eye. It, it's explained that they will appoint a director of UAP research uh, to lead a new project scrutinizing data and investigating their presence on Earth, which is quite exciting, I feel like. And if you're going to hire someone to do that, um, obviously there's there's not much detail if it's like, some intern on 30k um, but I don't know it feels like they're trying to soft launch aliens that's what I'm saying there's been lots of little stories across the year oh my god yeah like soft launching literally like you know what was it that trend on Instagram you know girls showing like a a vague shadow of a man or just a hand to like maybe show the fact they maybe have a boyfriend I feel like that's what NASA is doing to us at the moment NASA's going to have like the shadow of a lit up finger (laughs) in the corner of their Instagram story over a latte yeah The Daily Star thing seems like such a classic example of the headline saying the absolute opposite to what's in the story. Mm. The NASA guy says, yes, this is the headline. NASA, yes, alien life exists in universe. But then the quote is, he said, could there be a replication of life on Earth in another solar system that is so big? Of course I believe that. There's yeah. a complete two completely different things. <laughs> he has not confirmed no. the existence of alien life. He's just gone aliens, shrug. Yeah, that's all he said. So I think it. all the papers have been really underwhelming today because just under, so I've just noticed that story in the eye, there's um fossil of chicken-sized dinosaur discovered on the Isle of Wight. Okay, chicken-sized dinosaur, that's incredibly <laughs> underwhelming. See, so, you know, just a, a, a day of stories that are like, huh. Very mad. Yeah, they're more exciting on, on face value and then really become not. I mean, folks, when it comes to looking for aliens, would you rather they didn't bother? I think I would rather <laughs> they didn't bother, to be perfectly honest. If they can come to Earth, we're screwed. Why? So why are we trying to alert them that we're here? No, I they're going to be my friends. No. Yeah, why do you assume that they're bad? Because we've been You sound bad. like you've had a difficult... Because we've been bad. <laughs> to anywhere we've gone new, right, we've been bad. Like, think about it. Like, the human race, you go somewhere new, you discover it, you plunder, 
and be horrible. Yeah, but they're famous. Why would not aliens be any other? But they're going to be so far advanced to us. If they could actually get here, we can't even see them. And if they could come here, I just think leave aliens well alone. You just sound, you sound like a woman who's out of a recently out of a bad relationship, <laughs> and she's just like all men are dickheads. No. <laughs> Look, aliens just trigger me. That's all I can all I can say, really. That, I mean, with this, NASA has warned that the negative perception around aliens could be an obstacle to research. So, what do we need to be a tad more woke towards the the alien creatures? Yeah, the discrimination against aliens is the new frontier in <laughs> in uh, wokeism. Yeah, who's to say? I'm not w- willing to uh, rule them out as being nice until I've met one. <laughs> He was a former politician, and he was a former politician. Can I make it any more obvious? Ed Balls and George Osborne have made a podcast, and they've called some PR favours to have their loving splashed across the media. Marie, so what is the story here? Is it just two men copy the idea from two other men and hope for the best? I just really do not want to hear about a loving being splashed anywhere ever again. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Two middle-aged men launching a podcast talking about politics huh uh it's i'm i'm not really sure i i guess that you know that they are <sighs> there are people who who have been in the papers before so it stands to reason that they would go in the paper again for doing a thing but i just i just don't really understand like, who wants to listen to that my guess is that they're trying to recreate the kind of Alistair Campbell and Rory Stewart podcast of getting it going, someone a little bit on the left, someone a little bit on the right. And then, you know, they kind of talk and likely disagree, etc. But crucially, there are people who like Alistair Campbell and Rory Stewart. I'm not convinced there are hordes of fans of um, Ed Balls or George Orwell, especially George Orwell's. Like, at least Ed Balls has done like the dancing and whatever. But yes, yeah, so, you know, I, I'm not I'm, I'm not really sure what they're bringing to the table. Like, what, what What's the appeal? I don't know, Fergus, do you? Who would launch a podcast about politics and the news this year? What an idiotic thing to do. <laughs> Who wants to listen to that? Um, yeah, I've listened to it. It's just sort of meh. It's just mm. fine. I, it, it feel, I'd let no man go without a podcast. Do, <laughs> do you know what I mean? By the year 2030, we will all have podcasts. That's the goal. I, I, I would say one to look out for along this theme I predict now that there will, at some point in the next five years, be a Colleen Rooney and Rebecca Vardy Mm. podcast. I'd listen to it. I mean, that would be big, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't know where they, what they would talk about in any way, shape, or form. But I mean, them two on politics maybe could be quite good. I'd like their insight there. Yeah, and then Ed Balls and George Osborne on um, football. Football. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you were saying, I think Marie. What are politicians supposed to do? I did do a very snarky column on that very topic uh, when the podcast was announced. Um, and, and I do think it's like, like that there's slightly like a structural issue at play here as well, where we've got, like, we've had a crop, especially since 2010, but even though, like, even the new Labour years a bit to an extent, but um, of people having these incredible careers in politics and reaching the top, or if not, you know, kind of like nearly the top, and then either losing their seats or deciding to stand down. And they're still only about, you know, somewhere between 47 and 52. Then what are you meant to do? And I think the problem is some of them do just go and quietly make a ton of money. But if you want it to be a politician, you know, at the beginning anyway, it does mean that you like attention. You like people caring about what you think. Um, and there are very few jobs you can do that tick those boxes. And especially, again, I think a podcast is something you can do around other stuff. So, so I, do, I, I think it's symptomatic of basically 
a problem, well, if it is a problem of like our politician class being younger than it used to be, and they just have to find something to do afterwards. So we've got to get really old politicians and copy America, basically. We'd rather they weren't in business, right? Because that's all conflict of interest. But it's kind of my, yeah, like my, if I were to be a politician defender, I'd be like, but what, actually, what do we want them to do? Because podcasts are annoying. As you said, anything a bit revolving dory is not great. But like what? Um, yeah, I would, I'd rather they were doing a podcast talking about politics than Matt Hancocking it yeah. around the reality show circuit. Uh, my favourite thing on one of those was someone once dug up an interview Cherie Blair gave. So was it, I think it was during the first Blair term. And they were like, oh, you know, and what, what do you think Tony will do after he leaves? And she was like, oh, you know, he's, <laughs> he's so selfless. So he'll probably go, like, build schools in Africa. <laughs> could not be further from what he ended up doing. <laughs> your favourite history nerds are back. Yes, we at We Are History have been trawling the history shelves of our local bookshops. Well, I have, John. You mostly went around finding your books and moving them to the front of the displays. If I can find them, it's a bonus. We are ready to tell you all about what we've learned, from the revolting French to some revolting women. Via some Brits abroad and a foul-mouthed Irishman. So, download We Are History. Our laughable attempt at a silly history podcast. With me, John O'Farrell, and me, Angela Barnes. Wherever you get your podcasts. The papers aren't just about politics, war and natural disasters. There are also animal stories, weird advice and bizarre science to wade through. The weird one we're looking at today, Fergus, is apparently men aren't thinking about sex anymore. They're pondering the Roman Empire. Can you confirm that to be the case? Um, I tend to think about both at the same time. <laughs> that, pondering the Roman Empire sounds like euphemism. <laughs> yes. A2, Fergus. Have you got a couple of minutes to ponder the Roman Empire <laughs> with me in the bathroom? <laughs> so, Fergus, I'm not just asking you this completely out of nowhere. What's the story here about the Roman Empire and shagging? Oh, well, what isn't going on with the Roman Empire <laughs> and shagging? Um it's uh, here's the headline for the Daily Telegraph. Uh, sex? No, your man is thinking about the Roman Empire. This all stems from something on TikTok, doesn't everything? Some lady in uh, North Carolina asked her man, how often do you think about the Roman Empire? And without missing a beat, he said every day. <laughs> that video now has seven and a half million views. And uh, a lot of women are asking their partners uh, how often they think about the Roman Empire. I don't know if I think about it every day. I think about it a bit. Do you? Yeah, yeah. occasionally it sort of pops into my consciousness. But if we're comparing it to sex, if it's every day once a day and then sex force, I think it's the Roman Empire doesn't win. It wins a lot of stuff, but not in this debate. Not moment. in this brain, buddy. <laughs> not in this brain. <laughs> no, I mean, I guess it's men like the Roman Empire because it's all about conquering shit. Yeah. Right? It's the ultimate... The mixing of the cultures is fascinating. There's a really good Merry Bid thing, actually, on that. Well, it seems like you're the one actually thinking more about the Roman Empire here. So you, I know you've got some niche aspects of 
history that you're into. So not the Roman Empire, but tell me, tell me your others. No, although, so I, I did watch quite a good one. Yeah, the Merry Beard, like what was it actually like to live in ancient Rome is really good uh, documentary. Uh, no, so I love, like, I love a dynasty. That's my thing. So I love the Medici. I love the Romanovs. Uh, so either that or the history of a city that's been there for ages. So like, I know, I think my obsession with Venice came from that. So just watching stuff about, you know, in 300 years ago, just here, this thing happened. And I'm like, sweet. Um, yeah, no, so I think, yeah, like big, yeah, dynasties and ancient cities, like that, that's my jam. Fergus, you told me that you find watching things about war weirdly reassuring. Can you explain that to me? <laughs> I told you that, I told you that in confidence. Well, weirdly, that, yeah, therapeutic. <laughs> I, well, this is quite sort of philosophical, but I'm an insomniac, so I like to watch relaxing things in the evening, like I'll watch snooker, golf, and I have discovered that historical documentaries from a long time before I or anyone I know was around, I find it sort of weirdly re- relaxing because it's sort of like everything was always awful. Do you know what I mean? Okay. I mean, I don't remember any of the details. <laughs> I don't, but it's just sort of... Is that a weird insomnia thing of just going to quite a dark place but in a soothing way? So I quite often, if I really can't sleep and I've read everything else, um, I'll think about... Uh, like the idea of like humanity, like everyone has died and I just like picture what the world is like without any humans there. And again, I find it weirdly like relaxing. <laughs> no, I get you. I, I empathise. Like and subscribe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's talk about something uh, where there's very much lots of people who are alive and they're being annoying. So in The Guardian, Simon Price writes, people's behaviour at music gigs is getting worse. I really like the headline, music gigs. Uh, I have free rules to solve that. So what's, what is Simon saying here? Um, so, yes, uh, Simon Price wrote about Lucy May Walker, who's a singer-songwriter from Redditch, uh, who posted a series of modest proposals for behaviour at concerts, uh, as The Guardian puts it. Um, and the rules are, one, don't talk during the show, two, be in the moment, three, the audience have not paid to see you. And yeah, and I think I, I actually agree. Like I, I am stand with the with the dads there, where it is true that young people and people in general just do not know how to behave in crowds anymore. So even phones, like you know, having your phone out for an entire gig, so like you can't see anything. It's just a sea of phones. Um, you're there. Like it will sound very bad on your phone. Now, by all means, you know, and I like taking a couple of pictures if I'm at a gig for Instagram and stuff, but. Why are you filming? Like, it, it will sound bad. Yeah. You will never watch it again. Like, you will never watch that video again, that kind of shaky bat sound, etc. Um, yeah, chatting, I think, is a problem as well. I think that like, singing is fine, but don't, don't just chat. Like, you can just go to the bar. Like, you know, I feel like I'm really I'm riding myself up here. And like, we've all paid so much money to be there most, you know, most of the time because gigs have become so expensive. So why, yeah, why are you there to have a chat with your mates um, and then just take videos you'll never watch again that obstruct the view for everyone else? They're so expensive because it's such a valuable thing for social media to say, look, here I am at an Elton John show. But you see the people at the shows and they're all watching. I know this is such a dad observation, but like they're all watching the gig through their phones. It's pathetic. (laughs) Um, I recently went to a festival in Lisbon because I'm cool. And because of the acts that were on, pretty much everyone at the festival was in their 40s. So it was quite nice because the behaviour was different. There was less mobile phones, quite liked it. Yeah. I don't like I don't like people singing at gigs, especially if it's an outdoor gig. I went to a Radiohead gig just surrounded by people, couldn't hear him, and could just <laughs> hear 50 people going, come on, 
Police! <laughs> yeah, yeah. It wasn't enjoyable. And that's the end of today's Paper Cuts. If you liked it, remember to follow us on your favourite podcasts app so you don't miss an episode. Thank you to Marie LeConte. Thank you. Thanks to Fergus Craig. Thank you so much. And that's the show. Thank you for listening. If you really like us, then go to Apple Podcasts and give us five stars and a wildly appreciative review. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Paper Cuts Show. Links are in the show notes. I've been Jacob Jarvis, and you've been listening to Paper Cuts on a day when we find out that a smart toilet that can take pictures and identify people from their anuses has been invented. Say squeeze. See you next time. 